Hey guys, how you doing? Welcome back to episode 47 of the Noel Kassler podcast. I'm back here with my main man, Jumping James Kennedy, the boy <laughs> from Salt Lake, Indiana. <laughs> how you doing today, Jimmy? Doing fantastic, man. Too cold today. You know, it's like a meat locker here in my in my studio. So if you see my breath, you know, I might, I might have to step away from it. Nice, nice. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty cold here on the East Coast too, man. But um, hey, it's wintertime. You know, I was out cross creek country skiing today. So it's a one benefit of getting a little snow and being where I'm at. It's uh, I get out and get some exercise three days in a row. But uh, it's definitely cold, you know, and it's a cold world we're in, Jimmy. <laughs> it's only getting colder, right? You're getting exasperated, you tell me. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like with Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin, those are two placeholders for eventually the midterms, and then they're going to have an even greater advantage. Like, I feel like the train is coming, and we're just watching it. There's nothing we can do to stop it uh, at this stage. And, you know, like I said, I was born in 94. A lot of this stuff was already in motion. So it, as a young man, it's it's hard to to witness in real time. Yeah. <laughs> so. And you had a lot of optimism, like optimism when you were younger, were you politically involved? Like you were born in the Clinton era. So you probably yeah. don't remember much of that. I lived in a Pollyannish world, dude. Like I went to a high school that had a lacrosse team, you know, if that gives you any kind of uh, picture as to where I grew up. Um, but yeah, you know, and, and I grew up with different circumstances than my friends. So I figured that with my adversity, then we as the country that collectively can do that, you know, but um, we're dealing with a lot of emotional trauma and an ongoing pandemic that's adding to a mental health problem that was an issue before the pandemic even happened, you know, so a lot of work to undo the damage that Trump and, and a lot of other folks have added to, you know, that uh, we just don't have enough time to really answer all the questions that we need to. Yeah, well, we'll get it. We'll get it done, you know, and yeah. um, we'll get to the bottom of all this. We have to be honest about what's happening. You know, a lot of the trends I see are, you know, narcissists are, are getting footholds in popular culture and in um, politics in a way you haven't really seen before. I mean, obviously, there was an, a lot of ego involved in, in politics forever. You know, and when I lived in D.C., the saying was, you know, Washington was like Hollywood for ugly people right? You know, it was like, that's where you went, you know, if you wanted power and, and sort of fame and, and wealth, but you know, you weren't gonna, you weren't, you didn't have a face for, for the big screen, but um, you know, there's a truth in that. And it's now people become world famous, Marjorie Taylor Greene, you know, Lauren Boebert, you didn't know these names a year ago, you were just learning them. They just, they were freshman congressmen and now they're household names. And that becomes that's a very alluring thing, especially when you can achieve office by making a video holding a shotgun or AR-15 or whatever the hell they're called and, you know, blowing up a bunch of props or a picture of Biden or whatever it is. And then you're famous, you know, and then you can get these clearly like disturbed individuals like Madison Cawthorn, who was cleaning his gun this week. He was cleaning his gun in his congressional office on a Zoom call which was a meeting of the Veteran Affairs Committee, which he happens to be on, right? And they were doing a hearing on these guys that are all sick now. They all have cancer and stuff from having to work on burn pits. You know, if you're over in Iraq or something, they make you, you know, it's part of the duty to like empty all the latrines and they pour like crude oil on it and light them on fire. Like that's how they get rid of waste. That's how they get rid of trash and stuff when you're over there. And there's dudes whose job it is to like light those fires and they breathe that stuff all day you know do that every day for you know six months and it's obviously going to have some consequences you know so you know a very serious somber hearing is my point of these men and women that actually served our country you know and are now in a in a world of hurt because of it and this kid sitting behind his desk cleaning his gun not even looking at the zoom call and that that just shows the sort of like warped per personality that's getting drawn in now to politics, right? Because he knows he's not going to get like, when he's doing something like that, he's basically just like, 
oh, well, I'll go viral with this. You know, there's no such thing as bad press, which is an old saying in Hollywood or in the world, right? That's a New York thing. But, you know, they use it in terms of PR, like it's going to sell albums no matter what. And that's, that's sort of that cat is out of the bag. And a lot of these guys realize that. So it's scary because the, um, you know, the aberrant behavior becomes rewarded. And when it gets wedged into a, a clearly advantageous position for somebody who is like a narcissistic politician, you know, a mm -hmm. Joe Manchin or a Kristen Cinema, who's almost even worse in a way, because, you know, Joe Manchin, you know what he's about, right? He's big oil, big energy, coal mines, you know, greedy dude, who's right. kind of old school Washington. And he's been there and he's, you know, he, he's got all the relationships and he slaps hands and has people over to his houseboat. Kristen Cinema is a tougher beast to figure out what she is, you know, and uh, I'm not calling her a beast. I'm just saying like, you know, uh, it's a turn of phrase. I'm not trying to comment on her awesome looks. She looks really cool with those red glasses and, the, you know, the workout outfits or whatever the hell, the jean jacket she wore, you know, she wore a cross a couple of weeks ago. And then they were like, it's not a cross. It's a rune. People were saying that in defense as if that's any better, right? First of all, it looks like a cross and she knows it's going to look like a cross to anybody who's seeing it when she's standing behind the lectern on the floor <laughs> of the house, right? You know, from a distance, it's clearly a cross and giving the indication of a cross. But people are like, no, it's a Celtic rune or Nordic rune or whatever, <laughs> you know, as if that makes it better. It's like, oh, it's an, it, it, a, a shape that was adopted by the SS. Oh, cool. You know what I mean? If you remember, that's what they made the CPAC stage last year. They engineered it in the shape of a Nordic rune, which was an SS symbol. Do you remember that, Jimmy? No, I don't, I don't remember the It was the a big controversy. Shape, yeah. Yeah, the CPAC stage in Florida last year had a big, the stage was shaped like a symbol that the SS had always used. And they tried to pretend like it was an accident. It clearly was not an accident. But anyway... So Kristen Cinema, you know, who spells her name with a Y like an Aryan to begin with, right? So she's in this position and she's able to drag along the Democratic Party for six months, right? Everyone's chasing her around all summer. So she's in the headlines every day. A national debate breaks out, whether it's nice to chase her into the bathroom or something to ask her a question, you know, and obviously it's not. That's crossing a line, but you can ask her a question in an airport if she hasn't given a town hall in three years, which is correct right? She doesn't answer to her constituents. She doesn't give interviews. She doesn't give press conferences, right? She gives curtsies to, you know, Mitch McConnell, and she gives pat smart ass answers. If you get her in the halls of Congress, like somebody did, and she's like, I'm at an elevator. What do you mean? I'm not accountable. I'm getting in an elevator right now. She literally had that exchange with somebody, right? So she's trolling, you know, she's not only like doing this bad stuff. She's basically like giving you the middle finger while she does it. That's why she wore a red pantsuit to the vote on Wednesday night on Martin Luther King's, you know, his commemorative week, right? His birthday was Monday that we celebrated. His birthday was last weekend, but we celebrate a national holiday on Monday. And here's the chick from the state that held off having Martin Luther King's birthday. As I told you last week, Arizona was the last state to be like, we want anything to do with recognizing that. And they only finally did because they wanted that new stadium built. So they had to, you know, it all just came down to football dollars. But anyway, here's the lady from that state. You think she would be extra sensitive. You know, you think as the ones quote unquote democratic liberal, well, Mark Kelly, but you know, from that state, you think she'd like go out of her way to care about civil rights. And she didn't, you know, she was basically like F you wore her little red pantsuit and then high fived the GOP, who all clapped, by the way, they all clapped when the when the bill died. You know, they're clapping at voting rights getting taken away. California has 40 million people or something. They get two senators like there's like 30 senators for 15 million people divided in all these like red states. You know, it's, it's so unfair, the balance. Indiana shouldn't really have the same voice as California. I'm sorry. You just don't have as much people and you're all a bunch of white bread. We get the idea. A couple of <laughs> Christians, you know, come to Washington and tell us you need more money for whatever the hell it is you guys do out there. You know, <laughs> I don't know what you make. What do you make in Indiana, Jimmy? Caskets. I believe that's the only thing that we make. Caskets. Well, that's a good business. That's going to be a growth business, right? right. <laughs> Especially if your politicians are Republicans, because <laughs> there's going to be a lot more people dying, right? Yeah. 
I mean, it's that's the most anti-democratic thing I've ever seen. You know, small D democratic and anti-American thing to cheer down something that would go against voting rights. You know, they're not allowed to say they're the party of Lincoln anymore, in my opinion. And, you know, where is Schumer stripping Manchin and Cinema of their committee duties? You know, like that dude, though, Jimmy. I mean, it doesn't. I mean, it may not do anything, but I don't know, man. There's got to be some accountability. There's no accountability, Jimmy. You got to realize the world you're living in. This is money runs this place. Okay, they're doing it because they're bought out by big interests. Who do you think's more powerful, the Koch brothers, you Mm -hmm. know, or Chuck Schumer? The politicians just want to stay in their gigs. Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer are good at going on Maddow and good at giving good lip service to what's going on. And they're great professional politicians. And I don't say that in a negative way. Like that's how it used to work with those kind of people that knew how to like rub hands and get deals done and make compromises and still, you know, benefit from the perks of power, still have trading stocks and stuff, which Nancy Pelosi is all for. And some people are like, hey, maybe you shouldn't be able to trade stocks when you're in Congress, you know, and and, in the Senate. But my point is they're part of this old guard. And so is Biden. You know, this stuff used to work. There used to be a right and a left team. It wasn't equal for all. And it was always sort of like ripe for corruption and it had corruption, but it never had gone off the rails. Mm -hmm. Mitch McConnell took basically all the power away from everybody else with Citizens United, and he allowed unlimited money to be spent on campaigns. So that let people like the Koch brothers go to places like Indiana and pick who they want to be the senator. You know, your boy Pence is no stranger to Koch brothers. You know, they'll pluck these guys that know how to dress up and appeal to the red meat, red state Americans, right? They say all the right things. I'm a Christian. I just like guns and second amendment and honest days work, you know? And meanwhile, there's nothing honest about their lives. There's nothing honest. They want a handout. That's the secret of these white Americans is they don't ever really want to work. A lot of these rich guys, I'm talking about the politicians. I'm talking about somebody like Joe Manchin who sees dollar signs. You know, I'm talking about somebody like Kristen Sinema who voted against the minimum wage increase that was in the COVID bill. That's the curtsy she did for Mitch McConnell. You famously remember last summer when she did a thumbs down mocking John McCain and a little curtsy that was voting against guaranteed minimum wage of $15. Like, And the fact that her whole shtick is how she grew up in a gas station without lights and running water and electricity and stuff. That was, you probably don't know, but like if you read her Wikipedia, her bio, she claims to have, she grew up in Florida. Like she was born in Tucson and divorced and went to Florida. Her dad was a lawyer in Tucson. And then like mom, you know, married someone else, stepdad, and they lived in a gas station because he fell on hard times, you know, (laughs) and their parents are like, what? We never lived in a gas station, dude. We had running water. Right. But she has this whole Horatio Alger kind of story, you know, and cares about the poor and then becomes, you know, goes to Brigham Young, a Mormon university in Utah. And then goes back to Tucson, goes to school, gets a PhD, becomes a social worker, then goes to law school, becomes a defense attorney, then works in the Green Party with Ralph Nader, right? Mm -hmm. Becomes a state senator and then a representative, U.S. representative, and then sides with Republicans on things like no GMOs, not labeling GMOs in food, GMOs, genetically modified foods, right? It's Mm -hmm. like you can't get an issue that'll piss off crunchy people more than that than genetically engineered food, like giving me some crappy corn or whatever. Like, so the same person who at one point had worked with Ralph Nader now siding with Republicans on a bill like that is just, how does that happen in the same lifetime? How does somebody become that schizophrenic? And I feel like she clearly does have some kind of mental illness. Like those are signs of manic sort of behavior, just like the the many degrees and the all over the place stuff and switching back and forth. And then she's a bisexual, which is fine, but you know, you're married bisexual. Like there's just a lot going on there with that girl. And she doesn't need to bring it all to the floor of the house and stop progress in this country and voting rights. Right. You know, she went and worked as an intern at a vineyard last summer in the summer of 2020, she went to California and worked in Napa Valley as a paid intern while she was a Senator 
to spend two weeks like making grapes for a guy who who owns the vineyard who was also owned a big pharmaceutical company and was one of her big donors so it was clearly a way to just hang out with the elite sort of and pocket cash for her campaigns she got like a million dollars from republicans this past summer into her campaign so it you know it turns out she wants to run for president she probably figures she can get away with it and that's what all the overtures to the republicans are and looking cute for them and after you know she she claims to be a non-theist right so she she when she was sworn in to the senate she asked to be sworn in on the constitution not the bible because she doesn't believe in god right Mm -hmm. but the same person two years later showing up wearing a cross well, all of a sudden, when she wants to run for president, right? Because they like God where you come from, Jimmy, right? They don't want to hear that non-theist bullshit in the heartland, right? I don't know what yeah. that non-theist is, but we ain't no vegans over here, you know? We're like Jesus and hamburgers, you know what I'm saying? So it, it's all this performative insanity, you know, insanity. And it's insulting. And she uses her poverty, as her backstory to sort of justify being greedy and despicable. And, you know, you want to talk about poverty, let the Republicans be in charge from here on out. Let them take back the House and the Senate and God forbid the executive office and see how many Americans are living in poverty. Okay. Because you'll never see a dime again. It'll be, a, you'll be digging in the ground for, for grubs. You know, you'll be out there eating bugs all day like a chicken, Jimmy. Yeah, gotta gotta stock up on the protein while I can uh, for right now. Man. I'm just saying but, they'll strangle you. They'll strangle yeah. this country economically. Trump was well on his way to do it. And we'll get into him in a minute. But that's what it's about. It's like giving yeah. you lip service and putting all the cash in my pocket. They're grifters. It's like televangelists. That's what Republican politicians are because they make a they make a huge amount of money off the dumbness of these people that buy all the BS. Yeah, I remember seeing highlights from the most recent Trump rally they threw for himself. And the Rubes are going along and saying, I love Kirsten Sinema. You know, they're buying it. She's on their side. I'm saying that Democratic people are getting favor at these fascist rallies that shouldn't even be happening, by the way. Where was the rally? Where was the rally, Jimmy? Arizona. Arizona. On the Saturday night of Martin Luther King weekend. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, it's in plain sight. I think that's what's, you know, it used to be subtle. You know, but Mitch McConnell this week said the quiet part out loud. That's a whole different kind of uh, policy that I'm not even used to. Like, I'm used to Mitch McConnell being a dick. I'm used to that, but not outwardly that much. I know. know? And he was he was in the Senate 10 years before you were born, Jimmy. Right. Yeah. And he has pictures with a Confederate flag in the background. I mean, it's not crazy as far as the ideology that he holds, but to have it be projected in a public forum it's a whole nother thing and then it just gets put into the ecosystem and it plants ideas in these folks head that are already damaged from what the former guy did right yeah so exactly and those people have the strongest marketing arm fox news is more powerful than you know rachel maddow and stuff not to diss on maddow i'm just saying like You know, the people that are buying this shit that are going to Trump rallies aren't sitting around reading The New Yorker, you know, and it's not to say that they're stupid, but they're not getting the real news. And then, you know, you have these sort of cultural figures, right, that play into this. You know, I'm sure that Joe Rogan's influence is much greater than the opinion page of The Washington Post or something, right? You know, especially amongst the people you're talking about, let alone NFL and Aaron Rodgers and the reach and damage that guy's going to do. Right. Well, and the guy that gave him a platform is a guy that I know, Pat McAfee. You know, he was a punter in the NFL and he was a good player. He earned his spot in the NFL, but with his serious XM deal, oh, I'll, I'll invite Aaron Rodgers on and give him a platform to spread anti-vax stuff. You know, and he just agreed to a deal that's a, that's worth over a hundred million dollars, Pat McAfee with uh, FanDuel. So, if you follow the formula, you can cash in, baby, and people yeah, and here are. And yeah. that's what's going to happen. And that's what politics is. That's what I was yeah. saying at the beginning, Jimmy. There's right. too much money in this to change it now. And unless the Democrats figure out how to sort of counter that in, right. in an effective economic way, it just is not going to it's not going to be sustainable. You just, it's a, it's a wildfire that we haven't really figured out how to 
hose off. And, you know, and there's a lot of progress, you know, there's a lot of shit going down with January 6th commission. They clearly know what Trump did. That's why they're focusing in on Ivanka this week, because they know that Ivanka went and, you know, was told by like five different people, you better tell your dad to call him off. You know, they want to kill Pence and they're like destroying the Capitol. And he doubled down and sent another tweet at like two in the afternoon, you know, 216 or whatever, go get Pence. It was one of his more dangerous tweets on that day. And they clearly know that like he was aware of the danger and tweeted anyway, knowing that violence was sort of a leveraging tool here. And once they get her to say that on the record, it's all over for him. So that is good news. He will get in a lot bigger trouble uh, for this than I would have said he would have just a few months ago. They're they're making surprising progress. And, you know, I know there's the people that think Merrick Garland is doing his thing too. And hopefully he is there in that little like Keebler elf house. He goes away to at night and we never hear from him again, but hopefully he's quietly lining them up too. And just going to like, arrest these guys because what they're doing is akin to the kind of things that wars are fought over. You know, he was trying to steal this country and he went so far as to have fake electors draw up these sheets of, I forget what, I don't know what the right nomenclature is, you know, but these certificates, these electors things, they were going to sign them. They did sign them and they sent them to the national archives from seven different states. That's coordinated. That's Jared Kushner being the point man on that, whose name hasn't come into this enough, but like he was the head of Trump's campaign. Everything had to go through Kushner. He didn't hold that title, but he's the one who fired Brad Pascal when they had the disastrous thing in Tulsa, remember? And all the K-pop fans like bought up all the tickets so there was nobody there. They blamed (laughs) it on Pascal and Pascal was out the Monday after the rally. You know, that's the rally that killed Herman Cain. But anyway, so Jared knows what the hell's going down with all this stuff. There's no way they were operating telemarketing rooms with campaign staffers as they were, as I heard the tape this week on Maddow and like Kushner didn't know about it. So the the noose is tightening or whatever the term is, but like they're getting an idea of what went down, you know, and if they can hold these people accountable, you know, your Giuliani's, your Donald Trump's. You're Jared Kushner's. You'll have done a lot to defend democracy. And if you can sort of take away their ability to reproduce under the MAGA umbrella, you'll be making this country a lot safer. The rest of it is going to be here for a long time. That formula we just spoke about, you know, where there's money in being outrageous, that's all over the country now. That's every red state in the country has got some dickwad with an automatic weapon and a campaign commercial right now, right? That's just how it is from Josh Mandel, whatever the fuck his name is in Ohio, sorry to curse, you know, to Arizona, to Carrie Lake, who is the keynote speaker at Trump's rally, who's running for governor of Arizona. And the rest of these people are slicker than Trump. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the, the one thing I would always tell people is like, you were lucky Trump was an idiot. Trump was a dumbass like he can't help but screw himself over and put it in writing you know and tweet go attack the vice president you know Ron DeSantis isn't going to be that stupid he's not going to make that mistake you get a wily person in there with a little more self-discipline than Trump you'll never get this country back you know because people aren't going to fight for it you're going to go out and fight for it Jimmy you're going to go fight me man I'm not going to be on the front line (laughs) kidding me exactly yeah Yeah, I mean, people say they will, but they won't. They want to live comfortable lives. That's why people look the other way now. Every American should be out in the streets on Thursday morning. We should have been out in the streets going, no, that's wrong. Voting rights for all Americans. We should have a a cultural corporate boycott of anything that has to do with disenfranchising Americans' voices, all Americans, right? It should just be like, that's it. But it won't be that's it. It'll be more interesting to talk about Aaron Rodgers or Djokovic or whoever like steals the spotlight. It's always easier to focus on the glittery, stupid things than the systemic kind of things. You know, we allowed the world that created a Mitch McConnell and let him be in in office for 35 years. Right. A whole state looks the other way every time they go to vote. You know, they're probably getting robbed every time. They're not getting represented by him. Right. He's not looking out for their interests. They're one of the poorest places in the country. You're screwed if you're born in one of those states. If you're not a rich kid, you're like at the bottom of the list. And that has real world consequences that people don't deserve. Children need to be born into abundance and health care and a shot at education and a better life. But these old guys that are bought and sold don't want to do that. 
You know, you lucky you were born into circumstances where your parents were able to help you and take care of you. Like oh, yeah. you don't want a world that lets people slip through the safety nets. I've seen it. You know, I've been around it. I, I touched that kind of stuff when I was a child. I see what people Dude. go through. And poverty stays with you for a lifetime, man. Yeah. Well, I have a lot of friends with disabilities where their parents vote Republican against their own interests, you know, going against things like healthcare and mask mandates so that their child can go to school and learn something, you know, like it's, and, you know, I watched the, the most recent Trump uh, rally. Carrie Lake is a, has a television background. She knows how to appeal to cameras and look presidential. Like, as dumb as these folks appear, they're, they're from backgrounds that allow them to continue to sell the bullshit. Uh, sorry to curse folks, but like, as dumb as they are, they are skilled dumbasses. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a game, you know, and Trump yeah. was skilled, a great sort of charismatic, like, freak, right? He's a freak, <laughs> but you know, he knows his hair looks stupid. He knows he's painted orange and stuff, but he knows you're going to talk about that and not think about the fact that he's stuffing his pockets with Russian money and grabbing some 16-year-old backstage, right? Because you're going to be like, oh, did you see his hair? Like, you know, he knows that. He's instinctual. And I don't mean charisma in a kind way. I just mean you can't look away. And that's what these politicians are like. You know, people are addicted to it. They're addicted to Marjorie Taylor Greene and what she said next and whatever, you know, and 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 then networks pick up on that. Right. And then HBO is like, let's have Bill Maher on and have Barry Weiss on there saying she's over the pandemic and she doesn't want to wear a mask like she did last night. So you give platforms to this ignorance and, and, and now you'll never get people to really wear masks again, you know, beyond in sort of sensitive areas where, you know, people go out of their way to like sort of be smart, you probably yeah. won't get a lot of masks. That's why I'm not getting on a plane or anything. Cause it's just, you know, I don't want to catch it at this point. And I'm resentful of like the political like team went so far away from wearing masks, you know? Yeah. Well, and there was one lady I remember during the height of the Delta surge and she was at the Indianapolis International Airport and was just throwing an absolute fit. Like, I, I don't know. At some point, I would think to myself, you know, maybe this isn't the best representation of me <laughs> that I want to, to send to everybody else here right now. Like, I know we're dealing with an emotionally stunted group of people and folks that aren't very mature, but wouldn't you be tired of this MAGA stuff at some point? Or is it just something that they continue to feed on until there's nothing left? Well, they feed on it because it's, you know, if, you, if you're eating fast food all the time or sugar, your body craves that sugar, right? You get hungrier again quicker when you right. don't eat nutritious food because it, it's empty calories. So it's just your body wants more of this. That's what hate is. You know, that's what like Murdoch is selling, right? right. You know, I, I watched the other night the very tail end of sean hannity because i was going to turn it on to see like the trump interview who's given hand and uh, i turned it on tucker carlson right and tucker closes his show he was mad that they took down the teddy roosevelt statue in front of the museum of natural history here in new york this is after he did his rant on m&ms and stuff and he was like <laughs> so new york city took down their teddy roosevelt statue and they have a statue to a violent drug addict right a violent criminal drug addict. Like and he just said it in such a hateful way. And then that was his, that's how he closed and tossed to Hannity, you know, just spit bile in the faces of his viewers and terrifying them that, you know, American cities are these horrible people that put up monuments to killers. George Floyd, George Floyd was an innocent man who was murdered by a racist asshole cop, you know, in broad daylight and the whole world saw it right? He was an innocent martyr. He was a victim. The violent drug addict is the guy you worship, Donald Trump, you know, beats up 13-year-old girls for kicks, who lets 800,000 citizens die because he thinks masks and vaccines and shit are bad for his election chances. So he lies about, you know, the pandemic in the first two months when we might have done something about it, you know, which no one even talks about, Jimmy. This thing could have been over a year ago. You know, if we got smart and had a real leader at the time it hit, which is why I always told people like, you know, when I spoke out, it was like, look, I don't care what he does. That's not the point of what I'm trying to tell you. What I'm trying to get you to understand is that he's an addict with these isms in a way. Isms meaning the things underneath addiction, right? 
that drive you, the self-centeredness and the fear and the anger and resentment. He's got that shit so bad that if something bad happens, he will only be able to think about himself, which is what he does all day anyway. But, you know, in normal life, that's kind of okay when everything's going smoothly. When you get into wartime or you have a national emergency, you need somebody who's like, what's the best for the good of the people here? Forget about my reelection. How do I save the most amount of American lives possible? And that thought never crossed Trump's mind. And then his son was like, or son-in-law was like, how do we make money off of this? You know, let's start selling our own PPP and hold it back from blue states. And then they'll have to beg us to get masks for the nurses to wear and everything. Like they just did everything to kind of like draw it out and make a buck off of it. Kushner put his buddy from college in charge of the pandemic, like task force at the White House. If you remember, he was Googling. (laughs) coronavirus when they put him in charge of this who was already in charge of a thousand other things that they could grift off of you know it was just basically like look in this drawer and see if there's any money in there that was the policy study of the trump administration and that's what happened right and then they realized they couldn't make any money off it so then they were like screw it you know it's over by easter everybody take off your masks it's all good (laughs) right that's what they said you know in march of 2020 right April of mm-hmm. 2020, Trump's like, oh, it'll be over by Easter. We're going to open everything back up, right? And that was all you, they needed to hear in the red states, right? In Texas, and she was like, wahoo, rodeo's back on, boys. Get your Joe Rogan tickets. Let's come on out. Kid Rock's <laughs> playing. And then all this dumbasses are in Lake Ozark and Lake Havasu and all these places where people like that go to, you know, listen to bad country music and drink beer on bass boats and shit, right? <laughs> and then it's just like, oh, it's going to be everywhere now. Because all those people come through New York, right? Everybody wants to go shopping and meet up with their daddy's finance bro or whatever, right? <laughs> they all come through the, where I live and give it to us. So it's sad. It's sad that, that, that people don't even recognize really what's going on, that they're just getting played and conned. And we need to call that up because you, you can't keep going along with this. The stakes are too high. We lost six months because of Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema. You know, and the press was in love with covering the dog, you know, the, the dog race, you know, like, what does they want? We're close to finding out what Manchin wants. It, he was just seen leaving the White House. You know, you were seeing those reports in freaking September. He didn't want anything. He wanted to say, fuck you. I'm not ever going to vote for it because my boss has told me not to because there's environmental stuff involved. And I want to hobble Biden, you know, because I'll be more powerful as like the one Democrat with all the power when the Republicans come back in charge you know and they know this well and i you know i tuned into biden's press conference and one thing that he kept saying is you know it takes time and all i'm thinking is like joe you don't have time really i mean the only time that you have to legislate is another year from now (laughs) like that you are guaranteed to have a space to legislate like i know that he's gonna have to say the right thing and he's trying to recede to the middle for for voters but like I just hope he realizes the magnitude of the moment. I I know he wants business as usual, but I hope he sees the train that's coming. Well, Biden does, Jimmy. I mean, Biden knows what's going on. He's just part of the old guard. Biden's not stupid. And he's been in the White House most of his, you know, most of the last 20 years. He's been in there in some capacity, right? He was there for eight years as vice president. He knows the deal. He's just, you know, he's, he's of a different generation. It's hard to like wrap around what's happening in the world right now because people aren't you know we're not used to seeing headlines like there's going to be war in europe you don't know what that looks like that's why i was telling you to watch those movies jimmy where you see tanks going across frozen fields and shit that's what it looks like when europeans start killing each other it gets fucking gnarly it's not like what you're used to and white america is kind of oh we're dropping bombs on brown people in the middle east right people dehumanize that shit real quick right they don't feel the same sense of sorrow If the folks that are getting blown up don't look like them, that's a sad fact of part of the ethno sort of like centric way that people think, right? That's why they have you dehumanize the enemy when you join, when you go to boot camp and all that kind of stuff. I don't know if they still do, but that's what they would do back in the day. You know, you go to Vietnam and stuff. They're not trying to get you to be all warm and fuzzy about the dude they're trying to get you to go kill, right? You know, and those movies I, I recommended you watch you know, they don't even bring this up in those movies, but like Kurt Vonnegut, for example, would always talk about how it's kids that fight wars, 
right? Wars are fought by children. When you watch movies about World War II, it's John Wayne and these like 40 year old looking dudes, <laughs> like, you know, in the tanks and stuff. In reality, it's kids, man. It's 18 years old, 20 years old, 21 children. You know, you saw that in 1917, you know, that was what was good about, those were just like two dudes. That wasn't Rambo. Those were like two kids, you know, here, go like go into no man's land. And if you make it alive, tell this guy, you know, not to attack in the morning, couple of kids, you know, that's, that's what war comes down to is like children shooting each other. And I, you know, I caught uh, Dunkirk too. And uh, when they were in that ship and it started to <laughs> fill with water, like they started to turn on each other too. Like, uh, the gruesome parts of war is forever scarring to anybody that actually has to deal with it, you know? And that's, I think that's what scares me about the prospect of European war or civil war here. Like it's one thing to play call of duty. It's another thing to have it happen downtown away from your suburb. I don't know. It's a, like you said, man, it's hard to wrap your head around this because we're just not used to it. But like I saw the other day, and Frank and Martin Luther King would be 93 now. Like it wasn't that long ago that they were around. We think this is you know, ancient history. It's not that long ago. I don't think. Yeah. Look, my yeah. babysitter when I was a kid was a child in the concentration camps. She had to clean up rooms that they murdered people in, like scrubbing brains off of the floors and like oh. horrific things. And we'd go to the laundromat. This is in the 70s. And she'd hear a loud noise like a car would backfire or something. Yeah. And she would like soil herself you know because the fear engine kicked in and we'd have to like leave really quick you know because she'd have like this panic attack because of lifelong you know trauma of something like that so it wasn't that long at all you know yeah like my family's jewish her family's jewish you know they lost family in that stuff like when i was a kid they would have women who survived the concentration camps come speak to you in school like these horrors are unspeakable and they weren't that long ago at all And the country that did it, you know, the Germans that looked the other way, like the Nazis were awful. They were all awful that went along with it. But a lot of them just kind of looked the other way, became apathetic to what was happening to their neighbors. And that was a highly educated country. Germany in the 30s compared to like Alabama or one of the, you know, one of these places that are going in for MAGA now, it's not even a fair fight, which should terrify everybody intellectually right because these guys were swayed by the same crap they're selling manga it's the same rhetoric that tucker carlson is telling people every night the same authoritarian bs it's the same crap hitler used you know he said like after world war one that germany was weak because from inside jews and communists had sabotaged the economy and stuff right you hear that same language in maga somebody marco rubio tweeted like left coastal elites or something like he used some term which was basically you could tell it was just like code for for jewish people (laughs) you know it was as anti-semitic as hell you know last saturday you had a freaking temple a synagogue in texas you know people got held hostage in there the amount of anti-semitism that's happening in this country makes me sick to my stomach and it should make every american sick to their stomach so we should put like an end to all this and and Too many people aren't, and too many people are living comfortable lives in these states where their leaders are clearly vying to be dictators. Ron DeSantis clearly wants to be like a Fuhrer, you know? The guy wants his own police force. He just fired a public health administrator because that guy told his people to get vaccinated. When he found out that only like 30% of his office has been vaccinated, he was horrified, and he sent out a memo and said, you guys need to get vaccinated, and they fired him, and they're considering pressing charges against him (laughs) you know this is a state health official right and that's how the governor is punishing him for you know siding with science so it's you know it's terrifying it's terrifying because we're a bigger country we're an angrier country we're a meaner country and we have a hell of a lot more guns in it than any nation has ever accumulated in the Mm -hmm. history of mankind i don't think we've ever had a nation that had 440 million guns in it that's terrifying And that's happening because of the same interest groups, the NRA, the GOP, right? These whack-a-job politicians that come in here and want to grift and make a lot of money. Yeah. You know, it it kills me too that with DeSantis, especially 
you know, you had that woman run the the private website that was giving the real numbers in Florida. Like yeah. we're never going to know the full extent of how bad COVID was in certain places because they're just not documenting it. Not that we need to have, I mean, we, we should for the record. It's tragic either way. I'm saying that their complicity in tragedy, it's not what I grew up with with George, with George W. Bush and he was a Republican. Um, he showed up on 9-11 and we were all proud of him because it was the time that you needed to unite the people. But as you said, man, a lot easier to identify, you know, Al-Qaeda than MAGA. MAGA is a homegrown version of Al-Qaeda at this point. Yeah. And, and you know, we were talking about what's happening in Ukraine. You know, Tucker Carlson is siding with Putin and he's putting that propaganda out to Americans mm. every night. So mm. they have a big, you know, influence. So what do those Americans say if, God forbid, the situation gets worse in Europe? Right. And it's not just guns that we're sending. You know, what if we have to send troops to like occupy some of the countries around Ukraine after it falls, like we did in Germany? We had 300,000 Americans there, you know, to keep them from getting invaded by Russia after World War II. So, like, the commitments to peace and international diplomacy when you get in times of war, especially war in Europe, require a great cohesiveness and a great sense of leadership and sacrifice that. Trump broke this country into probably ever making. You wouldn't get, you wouldn't, this country wouldn't win World War II the way it is today, right? People won't put on masks. They're not going to like ration metal and not use tin <laughs> and stuff like that. You know, they're not going to not go buy jeans so we can save the fabric for, for uniforms and the myriad things, the sacrifices, you know, my stand-up act, this is what I talk about. You know, 20 year old women would leave their homes in the Midwest and go out to Portland and work in shipyards, riveting all day long and night it's just girls they never seen the ocean and now they're working on the side of the boat you know what i mean in a factory like riveting badass stuff heroes the american people became heroes for the war effort that yeah. now we'd be like nah, i ain't doing it you got quarterbacks are like i'm not getting vaxxed if i have to like wear you know i don't want to wear a mask i don't want to get vaxxed he was like attacking the cdc he just went off aaron Rodgers just had this other crazy interview with espn you probably didn't hear about it yet but like just a nutbag you know and the nfl two days ago was like yeah we're not going to test the non-vax players anymore we're, we're done with daily covid testing because they know his ass is going to get in the super bowl and they'll look too bad doing it Right? right so they said right. it like yesterday instead of after they beat the 49ers or whoever the hell they have to play to get there you know so the nfl got in front of it because they know the motherfucker's probably going to test positive right and yeah. they don't they won't have this big imbroglio on their hands so they they've already changed the rules to compete with you know an anti-vaxxer quarterback who's a marquee name that's dangerous exactly. that's a dangerous message because you know most people are smart enough to know aaron Rodgers is an idiot you know but like Packers are gods in places like Wisconsin, which is a huge swing state, which was one of the states that tried to cheat the most, right? That's where mm -hmm. they had the Republican electors. So those people aren't going to see him as an idiot. They're going to say, hey, that makes sense. I love Aaron Rodgers. I think he is smarter than the CDC, you know, which is basically what he said. He was like, nobody should trust the CDC. My point is, and you have that kind of internal fracture and it's being like, spurned on by these huge corporate interests that nobody really wants to look at or talk about it's dangerous and none of us have ever seen what happens in a world like that and you have to be very discerning in how you get your information now well and from a football playing standpoint just knowing players and having been around these guys most players don't even get an opportunity to play in a super bowl let alone win one so for aaron Rodgers to be arrogant enough to say that he's being silenced during a 29 minute long phone call on ESPN and to say that he's not going to play in the Super Bowl because he doesn't want to get vaxxed. It's so insulting to the teammates that might disagree with him that I, I hope that it plays out on the field. I don't wish him ill will, but like if you're a teammate, how do you protect a guy like that? Knowing that he's not even willing to do the most basic thing to protect you and the people around you. Yeah, I said that back in the fall. Yeah. When yeah. started like if I was right. on the offensive line or whatever you know yeah. and I, you know I think about my internship too like I worked four seasons with the Indianapolis Colts where I was shaking hands with all of the media folks like that was my job I was the liaison for the communication department to the press box so like HBO Max when they were filming hard knocks for HBO this year 
they might come up to me and say, hey, we need a shot of Carson Wentz coming out of this locker room. Can we get that? You know, and I would do the approval. I couldn't even do my job doing that liaison job. Like there's so many opportunities that young kids like me that may not be a player, but they want to be involved in the NFL and they can't be because of basic stuff that should be common sense at this stage of the game. Yeah. Well, common sense has gone out the window in America <laughs> and uh, it's just, it's about money. You know, it's, it's about making money. It's all a grift. Is. You know, most of what you see is a grift and, you know, to sum it up, I'll let the, let the listeners go now. I think we've been talking for an hour, but like, you know, it's narcissism. You got to watch out for these narcissistic politicians. What is Andrew Yang still doing around? You know, the guy is still pumping his forward party on Twitter. Like, watch out for that kind of stuff. Those guys don't have your best interests at heart. That's the lesson of cinema. We should have learned it with Tulsi Gabbard. And we should have learned it with Jill Stein and all these spoilers that show up. Ralph Nader stuck his nose in. So did freaking Bernie Sanders. You know, I know people get mad for that, but you know, when it becomes about the politician and not the people, you got to watch out, you know, and it's just like, it's so easy to grift in this climate on the left and the right. Everybody's like, follow me, support my pack, do this. Can I get some retweets? Like everybody's addicted to it. Everybody's a narcissist, right? Everybody's like, here's my selfie. Yeah, look at me, like me. We all hunger for that digital, you know, hug that is just empty and meaningless. It's binary. It's one or a zero, right? Mm -hmm. But it makes you feel like you're connected. And we're living lives that are so isolated now. Everybody with a brain is kind of laying low. So you don't get to be out in a community. You know, you don't get to like go go to the town hall and, and see your, you know, your, your fellow citizens and, you know, listen to music and break bread and do all the things that make us feel better. So you have to be wary of things that prey upon that lack of need. Join my family, join my movement, you know, like all this, you know, followers, the whole thing is like social media was like set up like cults. I don't want followers, you know? I'm glad that people listen and stuff, but like don't follow, you know, like follower. Like I'm not a cult leader, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Dylan, you know, don't follow leaders, watch your parking meters or whatever, you know? Beware of the people that tell you they have all the answers. And I certainly don't have any, you know? And I know half my act is sort of preaching at people, but this is just what, what I feel, you know, what I see. And the world's a beautiful place, Jimmy. I was out in it today, you know? I was out in sunny and blue skies and cross-country skiing through hills and stuff. And, you know, if you can't do that because it's too cold out, you got books, you know, that you, you got adventures, you got other people's experiences. And the best thing about that is that you learn something about what somebody else has gone through. That's what I was saying about those war movies. You know, we have short memories in this world. That wasn't a long time ago. And it was a world of freaking hurt. It shouldn't be cute. There shouldn't be people co-opting you know, the signs of fascism and anti-Semitism and stuff, you know, but that's what Trump ushered in. He was the most anti-Semitic racist dude I've ever met. He, and everyone knew it, but he was, he was a cash cow for the network. So, you know, Jeff Zucker, who's somebody you would think would be anti, against anti-Semitism, right, was like, no, nah, Trump's my guy. Kushner, you know, is an Orthodox Jew. He knows his, <laughs> he knows right. Trump's an anti-Semite, you know, but he was corrupt himself, you know, and it's, it's just scary, you know, but hopefully we'll get some answers. January 6th is going to do something. You know, I know everybody's feeling stressed. I know there's a lot of mental health issues going on. It's heavy times. You know, there's a lot of great spiritual stuff out there. Thich Nhat Hanh just passed away this week. He was a contemporary of Martin Luther King. You might not be familiar with him, Jimmy, but he was a Buddhist, a Vietnamese Buddhist monk who was an anti-war sort of figure and then he became a spiritual teacher so he's like the dalai lama he's written all these books very equivalent to the dalai lama and uh just if you ever you know google him and you'll see what i'm talking about but uh guys like that like he would famously say like there is no birth and there is no death right it, it lives mm -hmm. on love lives on wisdom lives on you know the, the things that matter can't be extinguished and they can't be taken away what can be taken away is your ability to manifest those things in your own life because you're worried, because you feel fear, because you feel self-centeredness, because you're like, everyone needs to like me. How about letting them like somebody else? 
right? How about like wanting the other guy to get the break instead of yourself getting the break? You know, we're in a society where it's all competitive and capitalistic and I got to get mine and I got to make it. Help somebody else's dream come true. That's how you help your own dreams come true. I learned that from Oprah, you know, and Oprah don't steal you wrong, except for Dr. <laughs> Phil, you know, and Dr. Oz. But beyond that, no, but I, I love Oprah. But you know what I'm saying? Like give, do unto others. That's what we need to get back to. That's how our collective dream will come back into consciousness is when we learn how to start treating each other with the way we miss being treated ourselves. And then we'll see we're all one and we'll start to move together again and dance together again, you know, and, and love each other again. But right now we're in those dark days where we're blown apart and there's people deciding there's a lot of money to be made on those divisions and those divisions can be delivered to you on platforms that are available to you 24 hours a day that seem harmless but but that get paid off of your attention and the anger fear and outrage and all that stuff becomes like porn you know what i mean you're just incessantly addicted to sharing it disseminating it and like you know getting a buzz off of it and then it consumes you. And then you think everything's bad and horrible. And, you know, in many ways, yes, everything is, but there's always a solution, right? There's always a way out. And, you know, we'll find that we come together, we laugh, we have fun. You'll watch your football, right? I'm sure there's football yeah. on right now, right? <laughs> yeah. Saturday and Sunday playoffs with uh, mm -hmm. the expansion. But, you know, um, I was talking with one of my friends from high school. She's a uh, mental health counselor. Uh, she's my most recent guest on my show. And I told her that I realized this week that, and I, I did before, but I, I really started to manifest it, that it wasn't watching football that was exciting for me when I was growing up. It was watching a game with my dad that was exciting. <laughs> you know, it was spending time with him and talking with him about what was going on in his day, the challenges that he was dealing with. And for a couple hours, we could avoid that, him and I, you know, so it's not, it's not about the sport. It's the people that you spend it with and the, the kind of memories that you create with people while you're watching it. You know, that's, that's what I have realized is that sports was a way for me to hang out with my dad and, yeah. and become a better man through the process. Well, there you go, buddy. Well, that's yeah. what it's all about. I mean, that's taking your kid to the basketball league or whatever the hell it is, baseball and stuff. I didn't have that kind of childhood, bro. Yeah. <laughs> but I get it. I get it, man. I did almost get hit in the face with a baseball. The first baseball game I went to, a foul ball was headed right for my dome, man. And a guy had to, like, put his glove in front of my face Jeez. to prevent it from hitting me. <laughs> so I could have been knocked out, man. And that was triple-A ball. It was like the Indianapolis Indians, the – I think they were the Pirates AAA team at the time. So they weren't even full, you know, major league players. You got to be careful a, with those players. Get a face mask next time you go back there. <laughs> I'll get a hockey mask <laughs> at, the, at the baseball field. There you but. go. All right, buddy. Well, thank you, dude. And that's episode 47. Be safe. Stay warm, folks. We do love you. We do appreciate your support. And we'll see you next week. Peace.